for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. Less than 24 hours ago, the Giants suspended workouts at Oracle Park. Pending the coronavirus test results from the test that they submitted, wait for it, over the weekend. Yeah, still hadn't gotten the results as of yesterday. So we figured it was about time that we checked in with senior writer Andrew Baggerly for a peek into what things were like at Oracle Park before workouts were halted, why the delay in those aforementioned test results, and what he thinks the chances are of fans well, seeing any actual games this season. It's Wednesday, July 8th. Well, Bags, welcome back. Always great to have you. And it's now been a week since the Giants reported to Oracle Park for spring training 2.0. So what were the first, you know, strange few days like down at Third and King for you? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Kate. Nice to be talking with you. It was kind of exciting to be able to go back in the ballpark and walk around and see the field. And, you know, the Giants actually were a little more permissive. We were told to expect to basically have one seat in the open air area in front of the press box, and we really couldn't move around. But the Giants did, you know, let us move around and and walk the concourse and walk out on top of the arcade. And I got to tell you, when fans are able to go enjoy a Giants game again, and if you're sitting in the arcade, especially that furthest point of, of Triples Alley, which is still a Triples Alley, even though it's a little shortened, you'll have a great view straight down into those new bullpens. And it's pretty cool. Any fans who are on the fence or who think it's a bad idea to move the bullpens out there, I have a feeling once you see the ballpark, uh, you're going to realize, oh yeah, they did a good job with this. There was a therapeutic aspect, I think, to being out there and just seeing baseball players on the field, even though, you know, we've only seen a couple of workouts and a little bit of live BP. And who knows if this is all, you know, going to come crashing down and we never even get to the first game. But for now, yeah, it was it was nice to be outdoors and watching baseball again. Yeah. What was the security and the physical distancing like? Did you guys have to be tested to go in? I know a lot of folks were wondering about all of that. Right. Yeah. So we had to sign a waiver. Uh, We have to get a new credential every day and sign the waiver every day. They do a temperature check, the touchless temperature little gun thing to our foreheads to make sure no one's running a fever. And they ask you all the questions every day to make sure that you don't have any symptoms. And you have to wear a mask the whole time you're there, even though you're outdoors the entire time. And everybody was 100% compliant on that. Players on the field, I noticed, unless they were really actively doing something aerobic, like running, had their masks on the entire time and appeared to be doing pretty good with with the social distancing protocols. You didn't see clusters of people sort of uh, talking unmasked or anything like that. So they're taking it very seriously. Obviously, there are some reservations. Nobody officially has opted out uh, with the Giants, but you know, every day we're seeing players around the league opting out. Nick Markakis, Felix Hernandez, and you know, Buster Posey, Mike Trout. Those guys have said, you know, if this starts to feel like it's not going to be safe or or it's not going to work, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to keep gauging what's happening. Not only around us as ballplayers, but also in the country at large. And if this looks like it's just not going to work, they're reserving the right to opt out at some point. I think there's still some reservation on my end as well. I think I want to see kind of how things progress here over the next couple of weeks. Be a little bit maybe naive or silly not to gauge what's going on around you not only around you here but you know paying attention to what what what's happening in the country in different parts of the country obviously unprecedented times right now so yeah most definitely I've thought about it and talked about it with my wife 
quite a bit. And it would make sense, too, because if they're not going to play the games, they're not going to get paid anyway. So right. they're all looking forward to hopefully getting in all 60 games and getting in a postseason. But I think everyone knows that that's far from guaranteed. Yeah, I know that was one of the storylines that emerged over the weekend when you all had a, a Zoom call with Buster Posey and he brought up those concerns. What other storylines have emerged from you know the first few days back? Yeah, a little hard to say just because all we're seeing is a little bit of, of live BP. And I think when they get to the stage where they can kind of scrimmage against each other and play intra-squads, then, then maybe I think we'll see some things emerge. But I think it was interesting to see which prospects they've decided to invite as part of their 60-player pool. Mm. And they had, uh, you know, the first ones were kind of obviously their top prospects. Hunter Bishop couldn't be among them because he had a positive COVID test. But I think once he clears and he's negative, then he'll join the pool. Marco Luciano, from what I understand is really turning heads and he's a teenager. And to be clear, most of these guys, Luciano, Luis Toribio, they're in the low minors. They're, they're not here because they might be a part of a big league season. They're here because there's no other place for them to get coaching and development. So this is a way to maybe try to further along their careers somehow when there's officially no minor league baseball. So Patrick Bailey, the kid they just took from North Carolina State, he's in the player pool as well. And they're all working out in the first group. And we're going to, I think, be able to have access earlier at some point this week so we can go watch them because right now up till this point we've only watched group two which is most of the regulars so I think it's really interesting to see the players that were included in some of these pools and how prospect heavy they were in some cases and not in others and the Giants have a good mix they've still got some spots open if they have some opportunities to acquire other players but they clearly are, are focused on the present and the future here. Now, I know there was trouble with uh, the COVID-19 intake process over the weekend for certain teams. For folks who maybe don't know what that was, what was the process to the best of your knowledge and and what were the hiccups bags? Something about uh, the July 4th federal holiday and the post office not working. Oh, no. They kind of forgot about that. Some teams like the A's started one day later than the Giants. And so they started their intake one day later. And the Giants were able to get everything out in the mail on, on Friday and they got their test results and were able to get people on the field working out. And some teams have not gotten to that point because they had a bunch of samples sitting in San Francisco when they needed to get them to Utah. Oh, wow. You know, you're talking about teams that may lose a lot of workout time compared to other teams. And that's a competitive advantage or disadvantage when the season starts in such a short season, anything can make a big difference. And that's so secondary of importance of whether it puts a team at a disadvantage. I mean, the the most important thing is that they keep everyone healthy and safe. And that's really, I think you got to give a lot of credit to the training staffs to to someone like Dave Greshner, who I imagine is getting a half hour of sleep every night oh, um, yeah. for all the different protocols, all the things they have to keep in place, because the welfare of, of your people, whether it's your players, your staff, the grounds crew, everyone, that has to be number one. I mean, that has to be the most important thing. And then making sure you get people ramped up and ready in a safe way, in a healthy way, so that people don't injure themselves on the field too. That's probably the next concern. And then the next concern after that is, okay, let's put together the roster. Let's try to win a lot of baseball games. And, you know, I think we're still kind of realizing that there's a lot that needs to go right for this season to go off without interruption or without being canceled. So everyone is kind of in wait and see mode. Yeah, so let's talk about that because you alluded to it earlier and again right here because we've seen and heard from a number of players already, including Buster Posey, either alluding to or just flat out saying that they expect the season or the chance of a season to fall apart to not happen. So I know we're just a couple of days into this entire process, but knowing what you know, seeing what you've seen, what are your thoughts on all of that, Bags? 
I think that Sean Doolittle said it best, Nationals uh, reliever, former A's reliever. He said, you know what, sports is, is a reward that, that a functioning society gets. If we can't function as a society and we can't get this pandemic under some kind of control because people aren't doing the responsible thing, then the price that we're going to pay, among many other much more dear prices, is not being able to have baseball. We're trying to bring baseball back during a pandemic that's killed 130,000 people. We're way worse off in a, as a country than where we were in March when we shut this thing down. And like, look at where other developed countries are in their response to this. We haven't done any of the things that other countries have done to bring sports back. Sports are like the reward of a functioning society, uh, a, a functional society. And we're just like trying to just bring it back, even though we've taken none of the steps to flatten the curve, whatever you want to say. We did flatten the curve for a little bit, but we didn't use that time to do anything productive. We just opened back up for Memorial Day. We decided we're done with it. If there aren't sports, it's going to be because people are not wearing masks because the response to this has been so politicized. We need help from the general public. If they want to watch baseball, like, please wear a mask, social distance, keep washing your hands. We can't just have virus fatigue and think it's been like, well, it's been four months, like we're over it. This has been enough time, right? We've waited long enough. Shouldn't sports come back now? No, there's things we have to do in order to bring the stuff back. And so I think it's it's kind of on all of us to do whatever we can to be good, responsible citizens and, and care about each other more than championing our own individual liberties at whatever cost. And and so that's sort of my thought on it. And if we can have baseball, that's great. And if it doesn't work out, then you know what? It's kind of like when uh, the teacher takes away something from the whole class because some people were talking. It's, it, you know, everybody's going to suffer. Yeah, no doubt about that. Before we let you go, Gabe Kapler, anything that stood out that uh, the new skipper for the Giants has said over the first week back? No, not really. Nothing that really stands out. I think that he's sending the right messages in terms of of health and safety. He's definitely been very much out there in terms of, you know, posting things on Twitter as it relates to some of the injustice we're seeing in this country and some of the ways that uh, people are expressing, you know, their dissatisfaction with that. So, yeah, I think he's tried to lead in his in his way. But also, I, I sense that there's a lot of enthusiasm just because, hey, he's really eager to get this thing going. He, he, he thinks he's learned a lot from the missteps he made in Philly. He feels he's got a front office that really supports him, you know, that is willing to really be open-minded and, and sort of take his new ideas and run with them. And yeah, he's, he's been looking forward to getting to opening day and being the Giants manager for a long time. And, and now, you know, he's actually got the team back on the field and, and there's a date on the calendar at Dodger Stadium on the 23rd. And, and everyone hopes that uh, they can get there. He's doing the right things in terms of being a leader, which is what he has to be. Yeah, and we were talking with Jason Stark last week, and he said, you know, when you think about this 60-game, possibly strangest season ever, don't you think that it just sets up perfectly for Kapler and Farhan and these new-look giants? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's it really is going to be unorthodox. They were spending all spring training doing little things, doing drills in different ways, thinking about the roster in different ways. You know, the people that they invited to camp, a uh, Billy Hamilton, thinking that that twenty sixth man on the roster as a as a pinch runner could give you an advantage. And and now you know we have an extra inning rule with with a runner at second base to start the inning, and and that could be Billy Hamilton. That could be a huge advantage. So I do think that the unorthodox nature of this schedule, if they indeed get to play it. I think it does sort of favor 
a management team that is looking to do things differently and kind of create some advantage out of chaos. And that's something that Farhan Zaidi's done very well in terms of, of building a roster. And it's something that Gabe Kapler is very open to with his, you know, 13 person coaching staff. So yeah, I, I definitely think that we're going to be surprised by some things that we see. Well, Bags, thanks so much for the insight. Stay safe out there. and looking forward to talking to you again soon. You too. Thanks, Kate. Well, as I'm sure a few of you probably figured out, we talked to Bags before the Giants announced that they were suspending workouts yesterday. So for the very latest, if you're not yet, be sure to give him a follow on Twitter. He's at Extra Bags. That's B-A-G-G-S, two G's in bags, just like his last name, Baggerly. And to read Andrew Baggerly's coverage of the Giants for us here at The Athletic and listen to his great Giants podcast with Grant Brisby, just click the links in the description notes of our podcast here today. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the Update with Kate Scott podcast. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Andrew Baggerly for stopping by. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days, everybody. Looking forward to talking some of the best trades in Bay Area sports history with Steve Berman on Friday.